I want to take you to Colossians chapter 3 this morning. And if you have your Bibles with you, just flip through it, get to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to look at the first two verses only. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Let me read it first from the New King James Version. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now listen to it in the New Living Translation. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Now, one more translation. I love the way Eugene Peterson has captured the essence of this passage of scripture in the message translation. So if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. If you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up, be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Isn't that beautiful? I want to take note of these phrases that we just read. Let it sink in this morning. Seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Be alert to what is going around Christ. See things from his perspective. This morning, I want to say to you, your perspective will determine your practice. Let me say that again. Your perspective will determine your practice. How you see things will determine how you respond to things. How you look at things is going to determine how you respond to the things you're seeing. Let me first throw away some unhelpful thoughts. This dichotomy between sacred and secular we got to crush this thing. You know, it is one of the most unhelpful errors found in Christianity today. You know, where we see some things as sacred and some things as secular. Some days are holy, other days are just normal. God doesn't do that. All right? There is no segregation between the secular and the sacred. Sunday, we sometimes think Sunday is the day of worship. What about Monday? We sometimes think Sunday, oh, I can feel the presence of God. What about Monday? Monday is where the church is needed. Sunday is wonderful. I mean, I bless God for worship like this. You know, it doesn't take much effort to get into the presence of God, right? It doesn't take much effort at all with a team like this. But what about Monday? We think Sunday we do godly stuff. Monday to Saturday we do worldly stuff. Let's get rid of that thinking. Right? That's not biblical at all. 
And sometimes we come to this thinking, worship, music and song. What if there's no music? The band is not going to follow you tomorrow morning, you know. <laughs> so what about worship tomorrow? How about the sound of those preschoolers all running around you? How about that as worship tomorrow morning? How about this patient, gentle response to that irate customer over the phone on Tuesday afternoon? How about that as worship? How about that sales pitch you're about to do this week? How about that as worship this coming week? You say, God's not interested in this sort of stuff. Who said so? You try telling that to General Joshua when he had to lead the army on Monday morning. Try tell that to Governor Nehemiah, the chief engineer who has to look at Tuesday afternoon and the problems with the walls in Jerusalem. Try telling Joseph, the CEO of a multinational corporation called Egypt, as he tries and navigates the crisis that's going around around him. They worked on Monday. They brought the presence of God from Monday. They weren't working on Sabbath day. Well, there will be Friday and Saturday there. They worked in the weekdays. And they believed that was God's work. That was holy ground. That everywhere they did, that was holy ground. We need to get rid of the secular and the sacred dichotomy. You say, what about the Old Testament? Wasn't there a dichotomy then? You know, the temple, the priesthood, the sacred and the common. Well, those were the shadows of things to come, the Bible says. And when Christ appeared, the reality was made real after Christ. What do I mean by that? Where's the temple now? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You now are carriers of the presence of God. You know where God's presence is? Everywhere you go. Every time you step out, you carry the presence of God with you. You know, sometimes we say, I feel the presence of God. Actually, you are the carrier of the presence of God. What you're feeling, you're just aware the moment of what you're carrying. There's a big difference when you think like that. So even if the worship team is not with me, I carry the presence of God wherever I go. You carry the presence of God. Monday morning, as you're brushing your teeth, look at that face in front of you. Ugly as it may be. <laughs> it's the carrier of the presence of God. What about royal priesthood? You are a royal priesthood. You are now the mediator between God and man. You are an ambassador of Christ. You represent Christ as you walk out on Monday morning. When somebody wants to know Jesus, you're it. If that is so, then set your sights on the realities of heaven. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. Look at life 
through kingdom perspective. That's what Paul is trying to say to us. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning. Change your perspective and you change your practice. Change your perspective and you will change your practice. When you reposition yourself, when you seek things above, when you set your mind on things above, you know what happens? You develop a God perspective. And the thing about having a God perspective, you develop a sense of scale. What do I mean by the sense of scale? Bill Gates is worth $100 billion. I don't know what that means. Don't talk to me about $100 billion. I don't, well, $100 I can understand. $100 billion? Too big for me to comprehend. Somebody wrote an article and just broke it down to my sense and understanding, right? Since Microsoft was created, he has earned $6,000 a minute. $6,000 a minute. That means $50 per second. He just made another 50. He just made another 50. He... It's mind-blowing, isn't it? Think about it. So if he was to buy a $50 million mansion, right, it would take him three and a half weeks of wages to buy that mansion. So if you look at three and a half weeks of wages on someone who's minimum wage, right, earning minimum wage, that's $3,000. I can buy a mansion for $3,000. Perspective, eh? Scale, scale, right? Sense of scale. Let's try this one. If he was to buy the latest iPhone, it, it takes him 43 seconds of his earning. That's 13, that's 13 cents on a minimum wage. Why is that important to know? If Bill Gates buys an iPhone and loses it immediately, He's not going to sit there crying and say, oh my goodness, I haven't even unpacked the iPhone, right? He's going to give you 20 cents and say, go buy an iPhone. Well, it's worth 20 cents for him. He'll give you 20 cents, go buy him, keep the change. The sense of scale tells you how much it affects Bill Gates. Now you put that in perspective of God. When I look at my problems... And I look at it from my perspective. They are huge. They are massive. My problems are bigger than me. I can't handle it. It overwhelms me. But then if I look, it, look at it with God perspective. Sense of scale. It's nothing. With God all things are possible. My healing, it's possible. My financial crisis, it's possible. Everything suddenly changes when you look at it in God's perspective. Sense of scale, my friends. That's why the Apostle Paul is saying to us, when you to shift our perspective, look at things with heavenly reality. 
set your mind on things above. Seek things above. Why? You develop a God perspective. And when you see, when you develop a God perspective, you develop a sense of scale. And fear is my natural response. When I look at it with God perspective, then faith is my natural response. Let me read that again. When I look at it from my perspective, then fear is my natural response. But when I look at it with God perspective, then faith is my natural response. Your perspective determine your practice. Your perspective will determine your practice. How you see things will determine how you respond to things. So I want us to reposition ourselves this morning. I'm talking to you about how to reposition. So this next few minutes, that's what I want to do with you. I want to talk to you about how to reposition yourself. Because Paul uses these two words or these two phrases. Seek things above, set your mind on things above. I want to touch on these two things as I bring this sermon to a close this morning. So how do you set your sights on the realities of heaven? How do you be alert every Monday morning to what God is doing around Christ? How do you go to the office with whatever is going on in that atmosphere in the office? How do you look through it? Through kingdom perspective. First thing, Paul says, seek things above. Seek, pursue, go after. Let me take you to Mark chapter 4, verse 33 to 34. Mark chapter 4, 33 to 34. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Can you see that? There are two groups of people here. One is the crowd, one is the disciples. He spoke to the crowds with parables, but when they were alone, when the disciples took some time to come aside and be with Jesus alone, he began to speak to them so that they could understand the things of God. The difference between the crowd and the disciple is this. You shut yourself in your room you get alongside God and you get into his word. You say, I'm not much of a reader. Well, you better start becoming a reader because faith is word-based. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Faith is word-based. Everything you do, your proclamation is word-based. When you speak into your circumstances, it's word-based. You create the atmosphere of faith or fear, word-based. Now, I want to take you to Matthew 13. So we looked at that, the two groups of people, right? Now, Matthew 13, similar thing. Matthew 13, 10 to 12. Disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, 
because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And this is, the, this is, this is what you need to hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. He will have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. You know, the context of that is listening to God. If you hear his word, you will hear more of his word. Whoever has, more will be given. Seek, seek for the things above. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Then the momentum is created. See, divine revelation is a unique thing. The more you pursue God, the more you will get hungry for God. Divine revelation increases exponentially. The more of God you seek, the more of God you find, the more of God you find, the more of God you want to seek. He says, whoever has, more will be given. So the first thing, seek things above, get alone, get into his word, pursue kingdom perspective. Secondly, set your mind on things above. Your mind is made up of your thought and your talk. Your mind is made up of your thought and your talk. Biblically, you see a connection between your saying and your thinking. Your thinking is your silent saying. Your saying is your audible thinking. Let me take you to Psalm 91 and I'll close with this. Psalms chapter 91, verse 1 and 2. You see this working together. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say... Of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. The dwelling, the saying, they're all interrelated. You're dwelling in God, your saying will be God. If you're dwelling in your thoughts about God, your saying will be about God. Your dwelling will determine your saying, your saying will influence your dwelling. Your dwelling will determine your saying. Your saying will influence your dwelling. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Watch your pattern of your speech. If you want to see a home that has no chaos, watch what you say. You will create chaos by your words or you will create blessing through your words. The life and death is the power of your tongue. But you see, what's inside is what's going to come out. Your spring, your dwelling place is in here. Change your speech, you change your thinking. Change your thinking, you will change your speech. It's all interrelated. So set your mind on things above. Think of your circumstances the way God thinks of it. 
Declare into your circumstances what God is saying. Kingdom of God come. Will of God come. What are you saying? I understand what God's will is in my circumstances. I've sat with him. I've dwelled with him. He's given me words to speak out. I go out now and I speak into my atmosphere. I speak into my circumstances. Kingdom of God come. Will of God come. Whatever our circumstances are, I do not speak what I'm concerned about. I speak from God's perspective. So that's what I came to tell you this morning. Your perspective will determine your practice. How you see things will determine how you respond to things. When you look at it from your perspective, fear will be your natural response. When you look at it from God's perspective, Faith is going to be your natural response. So seek things above. Pursue things above. Get alone. Get into his word. Do this daily. And fill yourself with the word of God. Because the more you fill yourself with the word of God, the more hungry you get with the word of God. And the more you have the word of God, the more your dwelling and your speaking will be influenced. Set your mind on things above. Take stock of your thoughts. What you dwell on. Take stock of your speech. What you're speaking on. Think of your circumstances the way God thinks of it. Declare into your circumstances what God is saying. Kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. So remember this. Your perspective will determine your practice.